The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. We welcome you to the program on a Thursday. Busy day on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, in the first hour of the program, one of our partners, one of our team partners, of course, is the Iowa Wolves. We have not spoken at all uh, to the Wolves, at least on our program, uh, throughout the season, so we'll... Uh, uh, well, we'll remedy that here uh, coming up in about a half an hour from now. Uh, Sam Newman Beck, the head coach of the squad, will be in here and we will uh, get his thoughts. He's starting to lose a lot of guys. <laughs> up yes. to the uh, up to the NBA with the Minnesota T Wolves uh, undergoing their own injury plague right now. So we will talk to Sam Newman Beck in about oh bottom of the hour what he wants to hear what he wants to see rather uh, from his team as they come down the stretch. Lindell Wigington, a familiar name, off to a pretty good start in his rookie campaign uh, at ten forty five. Ben Jacobson, the head coach of the first place Missouri Valley Conference, first place. Uh, Northern Iowa Panthers will be here. We'll uh, recap last night. See, they didn't cut down the nets after the game last night. They're saving it until they get back, assuming that they can win the uh, the conference outright. Uh, they're doing the right thing, Trent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to play for on Saturday, and don't go celebrate after you knock off Evansville. Uh, you certainly want to enjoy the win, my opinion. Not, uh, but I think Ben did it the right way. He's not getting the ladder out. They're going to take down the nets once they get home. Should they win the league outright? And maybe that's the way that it should be done. In fact, maybe you could use this as even a little more motivation. We'll cut it down if we get it done in St. Louis. How about that? And doing it that direction because the wiggle room that we talked about certainly is gone. This is a team that is going to have to win on Saturday, get to the championship game, and maybe, just maybe, if they lose a tight one there, they could still get in a large. But we know the way to get in for sure Mm -hmm. is to win those three consecutive games starting at noon on the quarterfinal uh, day of things and, and go from there. If they do that, they will be in and be in... 10, 11 seed range, probably I, I, something I hope like so. that. I hope that's where they I actually like the 11 path. Oh, answer. absolutely. I think it's one of the more optimum spots if you have to be certainly double digits. Mm-hmm. I think you want to be 11. Well, Love's not awful. For and, years, it was to make a deep run. LSU did it back in 1986 as an 11 seed. We saw VCU do it starting in the first four, but as an 11 seed making their way through. If you're talking about those deep runs, that's the place to be. Loyola just a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, that's where they were. Six seed, you're talking about a bottom 25 team in that range 
a three seed. A lot of times you see Teton with warts, and then it's kind of well, however the break you bracket takes breaks your from chances. There. Yes. Uh, but but I do like that spot. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Ben Jacobson in the eleven o'clock hour. Rob Doster is going to be here. We'll go around college basketball with Doster. We'll find out just what he has against this Hawkeye program because he's clearly biased. Oh yes, yes, he, he, he does hates not like Garza. <laughs> he likes to make fun of them for collapsing late in the season. Right. We're going to get into it with Doster. Yeah, I look forward to that. Look, the kid's uh, he's a very bright uh, college basketball mind. He's just wrong where it comes to Luca Garza. Uh, and then at eleven twenty-five, speaking of the Big Ten. And it was so good again last night, Trent. I sound like a broken record how much I love this conference. But how can you not be entertained? I don't understand how you can look at this conference and say, it's bad. This is a bad Big Ten. I understand the back and forth we hear with the Big Ten and the Big 12 with Iowa and Iowa State fans going back and forth here. But if you're watching this conference as we do night in and night out, it's entertaining. It's It's every single game, seemingly. And we told you yesterday at the end of the program that Uh Minnesota-Maryland that point spread stunk right. to high heaven. Yep. And short of a miraculous 24 footer, you were going to be on the right side if you went with those gophers. Instead, mm, that was a blow to them, Trent. You just yeah. wanted, I mean, that, I think that clearly eliminates the gophers. That would have been a huge, huge resume builder for them as they try to keep their hopes alive because they're not going to Indianapolis and winning the tournament. I just, I mean, come on. They might have to win five games in five days to do it. That's just it, and, and that, that's too much to ask. Um, even though this is a good basketball mm-hmm. team, I think they got some dudes. So does Maryland, though. But what an unbelievable finish. And Even earlier in the night, Rutgers-Penn State was a, a terrific basketball game. Penn Thought State, I was home free on that one. Well, it was 21 points for crying out loud. 21, they're up. 18 at the half. And wow, what a, uh, what a turnaround. Mm-hmm. And I thought Rutgers was going to win the game. I thought they were too. Yeah, when they when they overtook them, it felt mm-hmm. like that was going to be the case there. Credit to Penn State getting it done, but early on I saw a tweet. A good of uh, Rutgers to allow Penn State just to hit every open shot. Well, they were. So they get them out of their system before they come to Carver over the weekend. Yeah, I saw that as well. <laughs> yeah, Yaboa's turnover late. I mean, he's seen, I thought he was, I didn't see the dude beside him. I thought he had an uncontested path to the basket where he would dunk the ball, but the kid came up, made a play, actually tipped the ball off of uh, Yaboa's chest, I think, and out of bounds it careened, but that was good, and then the nightcap was just all-timer. It was. All-timer. Now, that final minute took about a half hour to finally oh, get through because of the stoppages and everything else but they got through it and maryland gets you know a victory i saw there. a bunch of people that were beefing and rightly so i mean that, that went to twitter just to talk about the very thing you just brought up mm-hmm. you know there is an answer it's the elam ending you know that this alleviates exactly what we're seeing here uh in, in uh when, when these games just seem to go on and on and on I don't know. I don't think it's ever coming, Trey. It's not. It's coming to the All-Star Game. It's here at the All-Star Game now. I think that's good. If the NBA has that that single elimination type tournament that's been talked about, Mm -hmm. that might be something where they've got that tournament in the summer. How about the Olympics? Makes sense there. Well, here's the other thing about the Olympics. I don't know if we're going to have an Olympics this year. Yeah, that's a completely different story. That's a totally different story. And I think it's one that you've. Err on the side of caution, but the, look, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to that, and I don't want to talk medical, I don't. I got a trip to Vegas coming up here in about a month. Are you going to be wearing a mask and gloves? Yeah, I mean, look at Trent. Vegas is a destination for worldwide travelers, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. 
Take a look at the take a look at the hotels or the restaurants you're sitting in. It is a melting pot of people who come to there from around. Anyway, that's not this isn't our ball of wax. We talk sports, so <laughs> let, let's get off it. I apologize for doing, but I am scared because it's sixty plus. Mm-hmm. Get it? Where yes. do I fall? Yeah. I'm sixty one. Maybe I'm a little paranoid. Okay, yeah, I'm a lot paranoid. Uh, let's get back to sports. Unless let's, you have something to chime in. I, on I do not. I, I'm going to dr- drive us back in that direction. So speaking of the Big Ten, we have been entertained by this conference all season long. It is. The clear-cut number one conference mm-hmm. in college basketball I mean, how, this season. How can season. you argue otherwise? I, I don't think there is a way to do it. Is there a national championship contender? I don't think so. No. But, but certainly maybe. And maybe that's how people measure conferences, and then you can get right. into the argument. But that aside, our buddy Matt Norlander had a, uh article yesterday that came out on cbssports.com. we get him, by the way? Is it mornings or something that he's It is, yeah. He, he has the kids at home. He's got two boys. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And they're at home during that time. Yeah, so, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it just doesn't match up with his schedule and our schedule right now. But Norlander, in his article, talks about the 20-game conference schedules. Last year, the Big Ten got their most teams ever in the NCAA tournament. This year, they're trending that direction to break the record from a year ago of most teams. And the big reason for that is the 20-game conference schedule. Matt Painter was a big proponent of this. He was the one, in fact, that first brought this up to the coaches, the other 13 coaches in the league. This is so what he we was need to behind. Do. I, I didn't know that. So one of the reasons, if you remember a few years back, Nebraska, what'd they go that year? 13-5 and five in the Big Ten. And got left out. And got left out. Yep. And the reason for that is because of the top four teams, the only four teams that made the tournament that year, they only played them four times in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They got one more game uh, in the Big Ten tournament. They lost that one to Michigan, which really was almost a play-in game for them to get into the bracket. But because of the way the schedule happened to break that year with 18 conference games, they were left out, and they were left out because of that element. They knew they were changing. They were moving away from the RPI. The RPI was going to be no more. And for the Mountain West for years, really gamed the system instead of playing those bye games against the bottom 300-type teams. They instead would schedule a D2 or even a D3 game because it wouldn't count against mm-hmm. your RPI, and they were able to game the system that way. And other teams were trying to do that, but they knew that there was going to be a more advanced metric kind of system that was going to be in place and playing each other more, two more times, coupled with two of those bye games coming off the schedule, how much it was going to help the conference as a whole, and we're certainly seeing that this year. It's uh, Are we also seeing with the Big Ten, Trent, the, the, the two games that everybody plays in the month of December? I, was, I wasn't sure how that would be received. Are teams ready to go into conference play? we never done it before. It seemed a little bit early. But I think it gets – I'll use me as an example. Mm-hmm. Football, crazy, right? Football, no nuts. But when you get games that, you know, Big Ten, Big Ten in the first couple of weeks of December, that kind of brings basketball to the forefront, I think. Well, and I'm a college basketball junkie, and I'm watching every game possible during that time. But you're seeing Big Ten versus Big Ten, and you're getting to know, instead of one team, when they're out there playing in Maui, you get to see one team. Yes. You get to see both teams, the way they match up against each other. And, because and get, you know damn well they're going to be on the Hawks schedule. Right, and you get a deeper point. understanding uh-huh. of those teams yep. when you're watching those games. No, I think it's a really good point of the way I was with you. I didn't like the way out. Now, the ACC, because they went to 20 games this mm-hmm. year, and it hasn't helped the ACC because they didn't win non-conference games. But the ACC did it. But remember they had some games at the beginning of the year against each other to kick off the season? Yeah, I do. That's, that's too, too much. Early. Yeah, that that's... Virginia, I think Pitt maybe played in that first yeah. game of the year. Now, don't do that. How about Virginia Tech last night? See how many points they scored in the first 20 minutes? How many? 11. 11. <laughs> 11. Can you imagine buying a ticket to see that? No, thank you. Roof. 
That is not good basketball. That is not good basketball. The ACC is not good basketball. College basketball as a whole, entertaining. We've been entertained by the Big Ten. We talked yesterday about the Big 12. It certainly doesn't feel the same. At the top, though, I I, I, I I thought about that yesterday. You're just you're you're wondering, and it's a fair question. It's a fair point to question it. You know, what what are Kansas and Baylor beating on a nightly basis? Yeah. right. It's not that I'm saying that they're bad. No, because they they clearly can go all the way. Yes, there's not a doubt in my right. mind. And I've been I've been with Baylor longer than you have, but of course, mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas is the most talented team in the country. I, I think they are. I think they are. But the question becomes when you're playing these games and you're blowing teams out and. Well, Iowa State's pushed. got a chance to finish fourth, Trent. That got my attention. Right. right. When, when you look up and you're in the round of 32 and you got some eight seed and they got an eight-point lead with eight minutes to go, you haven't been in this situation in a couple months outside of the one game mm-hmm. or two games you played against each other. And maybe that rears its head. It's just a question. It's not, I don't think, any kind of demerit that I had against both of these teams because I really like both of these teams. They will more than likely be going very far in my bracket oh, when we get them. without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. By the way... You know who got three out of four last year of the Final Four, and the Kentucky lost to Auburn was the only one I missed. I, I'm guessing it's you who uh, won the KXNO contest of all the local that personalities would have been of the year ago. You, I, I'm just saying. Right, right. I'm gearing up. How did you do last night? Oh, and more six. importantly, <laughs> did oh, you really? Oh, and six. Oh, get it out of your system. The night before, I told you how yes, good it was. You came Every- on here. You're bouncing your step. Oh. You're feeling good about yourself. You had your new DraftKings app. Telling me how easy it works, and I put this much money in, and oh, by the way, look what I've got now, Ken Miller. Well, what have you gone. got now, Trent Condon? It's all gone. That, that big profit that I had on night one dissipated uh, very isn't quickly. is sports wagering fun? It is fun. Make it fun, though. Don't fall into the trap. In fact, I was just having a meeting yesterday with somebody that hadn't done it, liked it, wants to do it. And I told him the exact same thing. By the way, look what's on TV as we go back to yesterday's show first. You look hideous. That commercial. <laughs> Stay far. Yeah, anyways. It, uh, have fun with it. Yeah. It's not a way to make money. It's not. Maybe there will be a time that no, you not, have a Not run. for anybody in our listening audience. No, that's okay. not what it, Actually, that's maybe over the top. Very few Very people few. in our listening audience. Last night, that Minnesota-Maryland game, a perfect mm. example. And if you said, this thing stinks and I'm going to take the Gophers because... This line doesn't make any sense. Well, you got nipped in the end. Yeah, you did. You got nipped in you the end. You felt really good you about what right you had the right side though. for 39 minutes yeah. plus. You know ESPN.com, they have the win probability right, chart. You've right. seen those. Yeah, did you was, see the one? I didn't. What was it at its highest oh, yeah. point? I mean, it's just 99.8%. Jesus. And it's, but it's so deep into the game. Whereas just this flat line for Minnesota win probability is huge, up at 90%. And then just drops, uh. absolutely drops right at the end after that three pointer goes in. Yeah, what a game! Marcel, uh, long three pointer, passed up a couple of looks that I thought they should have taken. Yes, um, including Cowan. What was he doing? Yeah, because Cowan seems because he, he was the one he originally had the ball. Yes, uh, and he passed it up, and then whoever he threw it to, and I don't remember who it was, said, "Ah, the same for me." Uh, but if they found the right guy, so maybe they knew something about God. Uh, Aturo in that basketball game, Trent. What a, what a player this guy is. What a player he is. Big Ten's going to, well, every conference is going to lose some dudes. Mm-hmm. And, and not a very good draft either. And not a very good draft. And I Aturo, wonder for guys Smith. that are kind of on the fringe. Smith, he's going to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the kind of guy that the NBA people love. He's a big that can shoot from the outside. He's a stretch kind of player. But that next tier, that fringe guys, because this draft isn't very good, are we going to see even more people more at least guys put their name take in, their opportunity? Yeah, probably. Take a look so. at it at the very least, knowing that, well, there's only 60 slots every single year, mm-hmm. but we know this one, there's going to be more opportunities, maybe to be 
you know, that guy that gets sent to the G League as a second rounder, mm-hmm. but the opportunity is there. And on the local front, could that impact guys? Could that impact Luca Garza this well, year? I hope not. But look, if if he if he is the, the wins the Wooden Award, mm-hmm. and you've got eligibility left, you don't see guys no. coming back very often after they've got that one on the mantle. Uh, we'll see. We're certainly rooting for him to come back because this team, if he comes back next year, Trent, look out. Preseason at minimum top ten for sure, for sure. Bohannon's back, and if they make a run this year in the tournament, coupled with. Garza coming back, mm. Bohannon coming back, Nunji, Nunji, Patrick, Patrick McCaffrey. McCaffrey. You throw in CJ a- Fredericks another year under his belt. Toussaint's of more of a veteran player, and maybe he loses some of that freshman uh, mistakes that he's been prone to. And I don't look. Don't take, get me wrong. I love the kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying he'll grow up. And Wieskamp. Oh well, still just a sophomore. You're right. And those conversations. We know the talent that is there as much as he's well, we struggled. saw it as a freshman. Right? Yes. That's the frustrating part. We saw it this part. year. Until the last six weeks. Yeah, for sure. You're right. That's fair. Now, the shooting percentages and and the difference, Leistico had that in his article, and he also included the game where he played well in the Palestra, which wasn't, I guess, a true road game, but it was a road game for all intents and purposes. He played well in that one, but overall, the stark difference in him in scoring, in shooting percentages, and most importantly, especially without Frederick out there in three-point shooting, without him... When he's not going there, it's very difficult for this team to win games, and mm-hmm. we'll see. Frederick, is he? You feel like he's a lock to play Saturday because yeah, he still I wasn't do. cleared on Tuesday. No, I, I do. I think that they. I think they erred on the side of caution. You said it that you'd read it somewhere. This was two oh uh, ten days ago. You thought you'd read somewhere, and you said it on the air that you thought that the the Penn State was always going to be the target. Right. I don't know where you saw it, but I remember you saying it, and it seems like that is uh, is realistic. I think that they're going to wait now. Fran McCaffrey's teleconference is Friday, right? So we'll get a better. I'm pretty sure it's Friday before Saturday game. Get a better indicator maybe if he comes off that game time decision and we might know because yeah. they they're, they're going to practice today and may, maybe after today um, you know we get the thumbs up and we find out tomorrow so we uh more college basketball Ben Jacobson later this hour mm-hmm. regular season crown at least a tie for it right they beat Drake they'll win it outright regardless of what happens with Loyola as the Ramblers are a game back I wish in the Drake had something to play for Trent they're yeah. locked they're locked into Thursday night now it could be maybe the difference between a 7-8 seven seven and, and the 8. Yeah. You'd have to see you and I again right away in the quarterfinals. Well, you'd see Loyola at 2.30 in the afternoon Who on Who does Friday. Drake rather play? You and I, fresh off of just playing them over the weekend, or Loyola... Fresh off of just taking them to the... They had a look to win it. They almost... I mean, they... Sh- they had a look to win the basketball game. And they had a great chance in the mm-hmm. game at Cedar Falls. Maybe uh, if we can get to Vries next week... We should ask him that. Now he's going to say who's ever in front of him at that time <laughs> right. is who they're going to take the shot with. But in a quiet Pretend moment. Pretend we're in a bar, not on, I don't right. know if he drinks, <laughs> right. but not in with a microphone in front of you. Who would you say? Um, I don't know. It's got to be a tough one. It's got to be a tough one. You, you play at 2.30 as opposed to noon. Mm-hmm. That, that's the difference. It's two I love how hours. the Valley does that, too. Oh, I do, too. You're the number one seed. You deserve that. You play a mm-hmm. team that played the night before, played at 6 o'clock the night before. You get them at noon, and then you don't have to come back until Middle of the afternoon on Saturday. That is the way that it should be. They scheduled that out completely well. Ben Jacobson, he is getting up there. He's had mm-hmm. opportunities to leave. We heard for years. You're not going anywhere with this cast coming back. Is there, are you? Are you trying? Not, no, you're not trying to run him out. You're trying. Are you speculating? Well, might this be the year because he is getting a little older? If there ever was a time, yes, you have a very good team coming back, but. 
The opportunity's been out there a few different times. He's 49. I believe his boys are just about high school age now. Yeah. If you're going to make a move, yeah. you're going to take that big payday. He's pay, he's compensated very well mm-hmm. at UNI. He makes nearly a million dollars a year. Be better next year than they are this year, though. Well, here's the other component to that. A.J. Green, why is he at UNI? Well, because of Pops. In-house, keep it in the family. Well, if, if, if Jacobs, yeah, you'd be crazy not to. You want to do anything you can to keep the kid So happy. you throw a bone to Kyle, Well, he certainly paid his dues. Kyle Green, who yeah. has had opportunities himself to leave. Well, Trent, he's been, as loyal, he's been there as long as Ben has, for crying out loud. You take over not? the program, you... Get to have your son on the team the final two years. You have a very good team coming back along with it. He would leave you and I in a great spot mm-hmm. while also taking that chance. You know what's coming open? Team we talked about, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's an upper Midwest guy. He's yeah. a Dakota kid. Yeah. He's recruited up there very well, and that's something that has always been for Minnesota coaches. I mean, going back to Clem Haskins, I remember the stories in the Star Tribune about not keeping the kids home in Minnesota. Yeah. The ones that not only left for Duke, but the kids that leave for Wisconsin. Well, they leave, leave for, for everywhere, right. Right, right. And, and maybe he's the guy that can get people to buy in up there. Very interesting. Just something to speculate. Again, this is there, there's no rumors out there. There's nothing like that, but speculation. But you're stirring the pot a little bit here this morning, TC. Well, you know, you got to get things going now, on that's a, actually that's on actually not crazy because of the fact that does Patino survive, right? They're not going to the tournament. Last night was just a... Kicking the you-know-whats uh, for the Gophers in their postseason hopes. One winning record. You know Richard Pitino's been there now? Seven years. It's been that long. This is his seventh season at Minnesota. One winning record in the Big Ten. Two NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. He got an extension a year ago as they had that really good team. We saw play right here in Des Moines, but got to figure Who the Natives get restless. Who would the fan restless. base want more? Let's say your scenario's right, and yeah. Jacobson is a candidate. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? We could play. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh who, who go for fans want Ben Jacobson or John Beeline? Oh, John Beeline for sure, because of the track record. Because, because of the, of the Big the tra- Ten, the track record that he yeah. has, two national championship game yeah. appearances, Big Ten championships. He was ticketed for Texas. Was always going to be the rumor. Shaka Smart might be doing enough to save his game. Could still got work to do. He does, but Texas Tech this weekend. I mean, Texas Tech. Look. They they stunk. I don't know what happened to them the other night yeah. in Oklahoma City. I have no idea. They looked awful. Terrible. Uh, and this team is better than that. Hideous. But <laughs> the hideous. Uh, Texas still has winnable games left on their schedule. They, they're they going to... Have you this seen, might be the team that finishes fourth. Sims is out for yes, well, maybe he, the rest he of the He was. Year. I don't know if he still is. I, I think they speculated with that back injury that it very well could be season-ending for him. Fabrice, is he... Possibility, yeah, that he could come back there. They're so limited offensively, mm-hmm. and that's why I still don't think they're going to be able to do enough. Boy, the they stink to the join out, Trent. They stink to the join out. They're off the game yeah. in Ames, the game in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. P.U. When it's bad, it goes oh, really, really bad. But the bad. team's playing well right now. I mean, they're not beating anybody. They're, who they beat? West Virginia, that was a good win. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of a couple of games back. Anyways, we'll see. Good speculation there. Hope it doesn't happen. Do you leave Green? Do you leave Fife? Do you leave Bowen Bourne? Oh, forgot about that point. Um, How about that too? Because normally when a coach leaves, guy gets his release. Right. Does Iowa start sniffing around? Does Iowa State start well, sniffing around? I'm surprised around? that they didn't before. I think they missed on this kid. Iowa was really close at, at one time to offering. It sounded like, and just never ultimately pulled the trigger. He he decided instead, while he was waiting in the interim to commit to you and I, he's going to be a star in the valley. That guy can score. Mm-hmm. And the Iowa State is that played at Iowa State, mm-hmm. and. 
that dude can play. He can I, play in a major conference. I, I'm with you. I I, I was very surprised. Glad he's there. A lot of the same knocks that you see with Jordan Bohannon coming out of high school. I saw both of them. I called how'd both that, of their games work out? in the level. Bohannon obviously has turned out to be. First of all, Bowen Bourne is more certainly more athletic at the high school level than Jordan Bohannon ever was. This guy has the ability, the athletic ability, quickness to go along with it. Of course, the shooting, that is there. There's not a doubt in my mind he can play in the power conference level. I just wonder. Again, we're this is getting into wild, rampant speculation here. Well, you started it. I started it. I apologize if, uh, if I'm ruffling some feathers there. But well, I, that you're, it's you're a an alum, point. though. You're an alum, yes, so you I, can get away with that. That's what it is. Yeah. You're, you're allowed to speculate right. when you're an alum. That's you're how it works out. All right. uh, we'll take a time out. We're going to talk to Ben Jacobson. Uh, coming up here in about 20 minutes, we're going to talk some Iowa Wolves basketball as well. Sam Newman Beck, the head coach, going to slide on in here. We'll get the latest on the Wild, what they've got left to play for. Sending a lot of guys to the league, including Naz Reed, who had a big game last night. Timberwolves, the big Timberwolves, their fan base wants them to be full tank mode. Right. They're winning games. Stop winning is Stop what you're saying? Stop winning these games, for crying out loud. Beat the Heat last night. I saw that. Yes, they did. On the road. Uh, we will take a time out. Plenty of basketball conversation. In fact, we are all basketball. All our guest list, right? Sam Newman Beck, Ben Jacobson, Rob Doster from NBC Sports and WatchStadium.com. And, of course, Wade Looking, Bill, former Hawk, will get into this Big Ten race. Uh, the Hawks in Penn State on Saturday, a sold-out Carver Hawkeye. By the way... Um, our winner. I want to announce our winner's name. I've got it here somewhere. Can you get, bear with me for yes, a Yes, yeah, our contest that we had. Yes. Picking the total points in the game, Iowa-Michigan State on Tuesday night, that would have been. And Jared Bogman, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Jared Bogman, won the tickets courtesy of our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. So Jared Bogman Won our contest, and he and a um, a guest will be uh, headed over to see that game. Trent and I will come back, talk some G League basketball with Sam Newman Beck, Ben Jacobson this hour as well. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3. We can solve hunger. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kicks. I know a lot of basketball conversation this uh, hour. We will get Ben Jacobson, uh, you and I, head coach, coming up in about 15 minutes. Speaking of head coaches, Sam Newman Beck joins us. He's the head coach of the Iowa Wolves. Uh, how are you, coach? Good to see you. Saw you prior to the season. The season's well underway. Been a long time. How's things been? Yeah, it seems like ages ago. <laughs> right. Every, everything's been great. Uh, you know, we've had a great season uh, in terms of development. Our guys have gone up to Minnesota, mm-hmm. played with the Timberwolves. Really. And made an impact. Yeah. Jordan McLaughlin last night hit the game winner, uh, you know, and we had him for a bunch of games. Yeah. So Nas Reed no had a good night. Nas Reed, he's starting now yeah. at the center for them. Keelan Martin uh, had some big minutes for them. And, right. and Jalen Noel's played some spot minutes for them as well. So been thrilled with that that side of things well you said it it's the development league and you know you guys get off on a little bit of a roll and you see the area code and you have to know what the call or the text is probably going to be about and you're kind of torn you know you're probably going to lose a guy that's making a real big difference on your basketball team but at the end of the day that's your job right is to get these guys ready for the next level 
Yeah, you know, our our goal coming in is to help develop the players for them and also create a culture that uh, supports what Minnesota's doing and what we want to do here, and I think we've done that. Obviously, you hope you can continue to win games at a high level, um, and, you know, in our first year with a lot of young guys, I, I think we've done a pretty good job so far. So I want to ask you about a couple of the players, including Canyon Barry, his uh, dad, a Hall of Famer, Rick Barry. And the free throw style that comes along with the Barry boys is uh, they go with the old school underhand. You know, for years you hear the stories about, you know, if Shaquille O'Neal would just kind of swallow his pride and shoot that way, he could be a 70% free throw shooter going that route. But the first time you see it and you see it in person, it, it kind of grabs you because it's something completely different and how he's doing overall as a player in the G League. Yeah, uh, to, to the first part of your question, you know, Canyon Canyon has been working on that free throw form since he was a child. So I don't think it's something you can just wake up and say, "Hey, I want to get good at this one day." Uh, so in terms of Shaq getting good at it, my guess is he probably would have struggled. Uh, but Canyon has it down to a science, so it's very comfortable for him shooting underhand. And you know, he's a mid seventy to high seventy percent free throw shooter, which is pretty good. And and as far as Canyon's play, he's been great for us. Uh, really high. Uh, IQ type of guy does all the little things can shoot the three he just got selected actually to the uh, U.S. Olympic team for three on three uh, basketball so he'll be heading to the Olympics this summer so we're thrilled for him with that. I bet. Do you get uh, guys just kibitzing around or practice trying to uh, emulate what Barry does the way he's shooting the free throws uh, I- I'm guessing that a little, a little bit guy in yeah, a slump I might mean, want to try guys something. Guys know they're not very good at it yeah. so well, sure. <laughs> you know they'll mix it in but you know they uh, they know what they're good at, and what they're not good at. Mm-hmm. Lindell Wigington, uh, he certainly he was certainly good at. Uh, boy, he's got some athleticism for a guy his size, right? What, how would you describe his season, and is he taking the steps uh, that the that the parent club wants him to do to give him an opportunity at the uh, in the show? Yeah, Lindell's made some huge strides for us, and and he's come off the bench all year as our backup point guard, but has played you know a lot of minutes. He's played close to thirty minutes a game, and. He's really made some huge strides, and and in that sense, in becoming a facilitating point guard rather than just a scorer, and being able to do both mm-hmm. at the same time. And you can see see this second half of this season, his ability to score while also making reads and making plays for his teammates has grown immensely. And that's the you know what we're looking for with Lindell. And I think he's started to make those, uh, you know, progressions in his game. I'm sure everybody's different, but how difficult is it for you or, or or somebody on your staff when these guys come out of college? You know, they're going, they're student athletes, right? And um, now that's that, this is their job. They're professional basketball players. How big of a transition? Everybody's different, I'm assuming, but what goes into kind of facilitating that growth from you know the college player to a pro player and what it takes to be a pro it's it's a develop it's a growth period it it takes i say it's taken us half a season some guys it takes longer you know it it uh it is a profession now right guys get paid to do this job and if you're not doing your job you know you end up maybe not having a job so that's that's the difference when you get to this level and you see it at the nba Mm -hmm. you see it at the g league you know, when you once you're getting paid to do a job, as all of us who work regular jobs, you, you better do that job. And you better, you know, these guys have unbelievable opportunities to really, you know, their job is take care of your body, be great on the court, work hard. You know, it's, it's a great opportunity for them. And it, it's definitely an adjustment period, though. Sam Newman back joining us here, Miller and Condon on KXNO. Coach, I uh, want to get your thoughts as you get towards the end of the season, making the push. This is 
always a difficult time. We talked to the guys from the Iowa Wild, the hockey team. Well, you guys are going to be out there. You got the wrestling tournament last week, girls and boys mm. state basketball coming up. You kind of fit those home games in when you can, but knowing that you guys are pushing to be a playoff team, you're two and a half games back right now of that final playoff spot, but knowing during this stretch over the next three weeks it's going to be with a lot of road games, that's something you guys are talking about internally? Yeah, we're, we're talking about the stretch, stretch of games uh, going into the finish line, more so because the, the teams we're playing are in our division, in our conference, and are ahead of us right now. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. And it's, you know, we really control our own destiny in terms of making the playoffs. Uh, obviously, at the forefront for us is still continued development heading into the offseason. Um, but, yes, we, we are definitely focused with these last uh, 13 games or so trying to trying to make a run for the playoffs. Mm, I bet you are. Well, a couple more of your guys on your roster. Uh, uh, Barry Brown was a pain in the neck if you follow Iowa State. He had, uh, he had some big games against this team. What kind of pros he turned out to be? Barry's been great. One of my one of my favorite guys to coach. Mm. I think a favorite guy amongst his teammates. You know, he's a he enjoys the whole process. He he loves being in the gym. He's a hard worker. Uh, you know, comes to the gym two three times a day yeah. on off days. Wow. And, and he's really made some strides for us uh, from the beginning of the season to now. Just like Lindell did, and those guys were playing together for a while and against uh, each other. Yeah, and, and against each other. Um, but but Barry's been great. He's uh you know he's relentless. He plays hard every minute uh-huh. he's on the court. That's how and, I remember and, him. And you know he's really shooting the three really well for us. When people that haven't been out to a game, they haven't been to a G League game, not real sure, and a Cyclone fan says, you know what, before the end of the season, I want to get out and I want to see Lindell Wiggington. I want to see Amari Spellman, remember him from the national title Villanova team. What surprises people maybe the first time they see a G League team, and especially in this market, people that are college basketball fans, the difference between the G League and the college game? I think how much talent is on the floor. You know, um, a lot of the guys we have were their best players on their mm-hmm. college teams. Um, and as I said, to start the year, we had Nas Reed, who started for the Timberwolves last night, Jordan McLaughlin, who made the game winner for the Timberwolves last night, Keelan Martin, who started games for the Timberwolves. So I think the biggest adjustment when college fans come to see is the talent level that's on the floor. You know, a lot of these guys were stars or, or top one or two players on their team in college, uh, as opposed to, you know, a college team where – it's, you know, le- uh, less talented guys. You know, you see often in whether it be the AAA Iowa Cubs down here, sometimes with the Wild, but you see a veteran guy at the end of his career, right, wants to keep going, wants to, you know, extend it because just love for the love of the game. Maybe what maybe they need the money, maybe they don't, that, that aside. But the G League, you don't get a lot of those veteran players, right, those guys that have spent some time up in the, up in the NBA. Is, is that something that maybe should be looked at closer? Because if you're not – if you're still – in the G League seemingly what mid-20s and you haven't moved on probably not going to be around much longer at least uh in in the states I wouldn't think yeah I mean it's it's uh you know that's something that the G League would need to think about themselves the league itself you know it's a developmental league as we said um and and you know once you start to get older and you start to have a family and you need to make more money you know there's other leagues out there that compete with the G League and the NBA. You have the Euro Leagues that pay a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know. So I think as the G League evolves, it will continue to get better and better. And um, every now and then, you get some veterans in there, uh, guys who come back from Europe who decide they want to give it another shot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what the G League future holds, but I, I think it's trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I was looking ahead in that schedule, and it could be just a bug in the system here. 
Is there a game you guys have left with Memphis that was suspended for some reason? 56-41, it says here, already in the box score, yet the game's scheduled for March 15th. What's going on there? Yeah, so we the last time we played at Memphis in the middle of second quarter, there was a big leak, and they couldn't get it to stop. So, um, Did they say unfor- In the same building as the Grizzly playing? No, different yeah, building. Gotcha. Uh, unfortunately for us, we started the game down by 25, and we were actually in the middle of a run oh, no. when they stopped it. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're next time we go to Memphis, we're going to be playing a back to back. The first night uh, will be this fifty, you know, starting down fifteen in the second quarter, uh, <laughs> and, and and then playing the the second game the following day. If you had a uh, a secret ballot amongst your players, what would what would be uh, their favorite road destination and the one that they least look forward to? My guess would. <laughs> There's a couple of pretty good ones. Um, I guess it'll be Los Angeles. Yeah, probably so, right? Uh, Santa Cruz is nice because of the weather. Uh I think our guys appreciate anywhere where there's warm weather. Yeah, well said. Um, And and on the flip side, anywhere where the weather is terrible. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, Erie, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you know, the one we can bust to. Uh, But we've been, we've been, um, We've been fortunate to go to some warm weather cities this year, which has been nice. Uh, how about travel wise? Have you had any nightmares? Because you travel commercial so much. Yeah, nothing too bad yet. We've had a couple delays uh, heading out of Des Moines actually early in the season where we had to change a bunch of flights, uh, you know, the night before. But but nothing crazy, thankfully. Good job, Coach. Thanks for coming in. Best of luck the rest of the season. I uh, wish we would have done this season uh, earlier, and hopefully we can do it again before it wraps up. Thanks for having me. Appreciate All right, good it. to talk to you. All right, Sam Newman back. We'll come back. Ben Jacobson joins the program. Trent and I go until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now in one... <laughs> Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Taking up until noon, Rob Doster, College Basketball Talk, and uh, WatchStadiumSports.com. And uh, Wade Lookingbill will be here right now. Ben Jacobson, the head coach of the UNI Panthers. They have clinched at least a share of the uh, Valley title, the regular season Valley title, but they did not cut down the nets. They've still got some work to do, and Coach joins us. Of course, that work is Saturday early evening, 5 o'clock tip, ESPN2 at the Knapp Center. Very few tickets, if any, uh, still left for that clash. Coach uh, Trent and uh, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Coach Jacobson? Yeah, good morning. Uh, thanks. Uh, appreciate you having us on. No, appreciate you coming on. So, uh, no uh, no celebration per se uh, after the game last night. Still taking that, uh, still some work to do as far as you want this outright title and Drake awaits. Yeah, and that's, uh, and our, our first game with Drake was uh, was quite a game. We had a, we had uh, one of our best, it may have been our best crowd of the year. It was sold out, uh, and it was sold out at, at least a day in advance. It might have been two days in advance, and it's been a while since uh, since we've had that happen up here, guys, and so that that first time around with uh, uh, with Drake was was uh, was quite a basketball game. I, I uh, thought they had you and, for a while, coach. Had, you know, and now it, now we've had four of them. You yeah. know, we had three we had three last year, and, and now we've had a fourth one already. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward. I'm just looking forward to the you know, the competitiveness of the of the game coming up on Saturday. Coach, I wanted to ask you just overall. I was reading an article from Matt Norlander yesterday talking about the Big Ten, their move to 20 conference games and how that's helped them. And also the new ranking system in place. In terms of the RPI, 
you guys would be a top 25 team in the country with that metric. With the new metric, though, with the net, you guys are in the 40s. And you're seeing this more and more with teams at the mid-major level, that the RPI system, they could find a way to certainly get those numbers as long as you have the wins to go along with it to boost it. That hasn't been the case as much in the net. Your thoughts on this new system, and is it hurting? Is it impacting the mid-majors out there? Yeah, you know, there, there's been a significant change in the last two or three years uh, to, to the non-conference scheduling by, by the Power Five conferences, uh, along with the Big East, uh, the American. You know, you can probably include them with that as well. So you, you've got at least seven of the uh, seven of the conferences in the in the first six that I mentioned. Uh, they, they've made a significant change, and it's slowly been coming. But over the course of the last two or three years. They've put some things in place where they won't play teams that uh, that have had bad uh, uh, strength of schedule, uh, RPI, or net ranking type numbers, and so they've put those in place for their non-conference scheduling. You know, they've added their challenge series. Uh, they've they've just slowly just done some things that uh, that tilted toward um, you know toward the net ranking. You know, the new system that's in place now and. Um, and it does, you know, and then they also, and you mentioned it, the increase in conference games. So they're playing each other more often after you're coming out of the non-conference where you've, where you've, uh, you know, worked to tilt things, uh, you know, in your favor in terms of all the, the, the metrics. So it has, it's become more and more challenging. Uh, Noah Carter certainly uh, had a big game. Well, you got a, a good game out of a lot of guys, but Noah Carter, uh, still a freshman, of course, and he had a big, uh, he had a big night coach. Not saying you need this every night out of him. It would be nice. I'm assuming you'll say, but what's going on with Noah Carter? Is this just another example of a guy that, you know, gets a little more confidence as the league, as he gets more accustomed uh, to what goes on in his conference? Yeah, he was, I tell you what, he was great last night. And I, you know, I, I talked about it after the game and I, you know, what I was, was uh, most proud of is, is that he was, he was ready to go. Uh, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't played a lot um, in the past. I don't know if it's been three, four five games, you know, what, what, how many it's been exactly, but, but he hasn't played, you know, he hasn't played a lot. It's not, he's not uh, in a spot where he knows every night he's going to play 12 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes and he's able to, you know, get his feet underneath him and gain some experience that way. He's got to do it in practice. And um, I, I, I give him a ton of credit. He's practiced his tail off and he's improved defensively. He's improved his, his toughness, uh, you know, at that end of the floor and just really like what he's done. And, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity on game night very often, but, but when he has, he's come through and last night was, he was terrific. And it, you know, Fife had a couple fouls, mm-hmm. and and uh, Evansville really spreads you out with what they've got and with their lineup. You know, their guys at the power forward center position are guys that stretch you and shoot threes. And so we went with Noah, and, and uh, he was great. Yeah, he was uh, he was awesome. Speaking of that freshman class, we haven't seen a ton of it just because of the talent that's in front of them right now. But a couple of local guys want to at least get an update on Cole Henry, who I knew battled some injuries. I know he's redshirting this season from uh, from Oskaloosa, played with Xavier Foster his last couple of seasons. And then an Indianola kid, Evan Gager, how those two guys are going as they're looking to build themselves up for uh, the future in MVC play. Yeah, they're they're both doing well. Uh, it made a lot of progress in the weight room is, you know, it's, Certainly, one of the things that that you that you want to see happen during that redshirt year, uh, but they've taken advantage of that. I I tell you, Cole is, and I think uh, everybody that that watched him play in high school would have would have seen this. His skill level at that size is is uh, um, it's just different. You know, there aren't a lot of guys at 
at six nine and handle the ball and pass the ball the way that Cole does. He's uh, he's one of the best passers that we've had in our program. Not not just on our team right now, guys. He, he's one of the best passers that that we've ever had in our program. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're looking forward to, to getting him on the court and getting you know, having him be a part of what we're doing. And, uh, and then Evan is he's a skilled guy. You know, he, he can he can get points. Uh, he can get them at. From the three-point line, he's, he's worked hard to improve his three-point shot, and that'll be a big deal for him going forward. But but his ability to handle the ball, his mid-range game, he's really light on his feet. Um, he, he's got a chance to be a terrific defender. and So I, both of those guys, we're really looking forward to, to uh, getting those guys in the mix next year. What about the, your, your, the senior class coach that uh, will obviously bow out when the season comes to an end, Halderman and Brown and uh, Dahl a senior as well. What has that group meant to this uh, to this program? Yeah, and I, you know Isaiah Brown's been a starter for us. He's in that senior group, and, and Lincoln Connery uh, from Waterloo West is a fifth-year senior for us. We've got five of them in, in that group. They've just been they've been great. And I, you know the example that I you see Spencer is in the starting lineup, and he's been there a lot throughout the course of his career. Isaiah Brown, as I mentioned, has been a starter for us. Uh, Justin Dahl's had a pretty good role the last two years. Uh, and, but the, the example that I've used a lot uh, is with Luke McDonald. You know, two years ago, Luke didn't play much. Last year, he started for us all year and was a big reason why we made it to the championship game and had a chance to, to get to the NCAA tournament. And this year, with Fife coming back off of his medical redshirt um, and Justin Dahl playing well and a couple of the freshmen playing well, Luke has gone from a starter um, to a guy who you know really hasn't played any minutes. And what he's done at practice and how he has uh, worked with Fife and worked with Justin Dahl and worked with James Betts to help those guys understand, use his experience from last year to help those guys move forward. What we've seen out of him every day as a senior, man, it's just been it's just been been awesome. So it's it's a great group. Coach uh, was hearing a couple of national writers talking about the defending NBA champion head coach Nick Nurse, of course, the UNI alum. And this summer, you guys getting together and talking a little bit. I don't know if this goes hand-in-hand. You guys are doing some different things offensively, shooting the ball incredibly well. But looking at your offensive metrics, how much you guys have improved on that end of the floor? Bouncing ideas off of Nick, did you guys talk about some things that you can do within your program? Or is it just a guy talking to his old school and talking with you as a UNI alum? Yeah, no, we, you know, we, we talked uh, you know, we talked four or five different uh, areas that I had some questions on, and one of them was the, the one we spent the most time talking about was uh, increasing, you know, seeing if we can increase the number of possessions in the game, play play a little bit faster, because going into the year with Fife coming back and Fix getting healthy and the skill level and the shooting in our backcourt, we felt like if we can increase the possessions, that may be something that's, that's good for us, and, and we've increased them some. It's not like we've increased them by by you know by a million, but, but we have been able to increase them some. And um, what I asked what I asked Nick was, you know, how do you do that and and still defend and, and rebound and have a presence defensively, um, not wanting that to completely tilt to the offensive end. And, and so we spent a lot of time talking about that. And he had 
he had some, uh, you know, just some great thoughts, and and, uh, and that's really helped us. Coach, you got like uh, about a minute left, and as we fast forward to next week, of course, the scene shifts to St. Louis, and you guys, in all likelihood, are going to start on Friday at noon uh, as the one seed in the tournament. But this this conference overall, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see Mo State if they get through Thursday. They're going to be a pain in the butt. Valpo is playing well. Heck, Drake, it's going to be a tough game for you. You know, you very well know this. Saturday's not going to be a picnic uh, at the Knapp Center, but whoever comes out of Thursday, especially if it's most state. I mean, nobody wants to play them. This conference, top to bottom, are really good. Yeah, it is, and it's uh, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard every year. You know, the the, the eighteen game schedule in this league is a is a really hard one. And uh, we've got some we've got some great young players. We've got some some really good older players, and um, so it is. It's it, it's hard every night. And I, you know, like I said, our game with Drake here was was a tremendous game. Yes, it was. We had, you know, we had a we had a sold out building, and, and Drake came in here and had you know had the same chance to win the game as we did. And um, and what they just did at Loyola, you know, Loyola has not lost a league game at home, and Drake was in position to win that game. So um, I, I think we got a. I think we got a great day. I know it's going to be highly competitive Saturday, and we got a lot of work to do here the next few days to get ready for for a really good team. Coach, thank you. Uh, congratulations on at least clinching a share. Uh, we will uh, talk to you, Ben Jacobson. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Good to talk to you, Ben Jacobson. Uh, Washer Systems of Iowa makes all our Valley coverage all season long possible. And the Panthers are locked into that number one seed, even if they oh, they're lose locked because gotcha. they have the net tiebreaker against Loyola. The Panthers currently forty four. Loyola 98, they're not going to be picking up <laughs> no. 44 spots here over the 54 spots, excuse me, throughout the weekend. So it will be you and I in that number one seed regardless of this weekend. Uh, Rob Doster and uh, Wade Looking Bill, our number two next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.